Hey guys, welcome to episode three of Beaver Bites. With always, Lars Gunderson here and Miguel Morales. We are your co-host. We just want to say that this episode is going to be a little bit special today. We have our first special episode, which is a pizza episode today. So before that, uh, Lars, do you want to just remind our listeners how they can connect with us, different ways they can reach out to us? Yeah, we got three social media places. We're on Facebook. at uh, You can search Beaver Bites, like us there. And then you can follow us on Twitter at at Beaver Bites, B-E-A-V-B-I-T-E-S. And our Snapchat is Beaver Bites. So uh, give us a follow on all those and stay up to date with what we're doing. Awesome. And then we do have one good announcement. Uh, I'm saying good because this is an opportunity for all, all of you who are listening today or have listened to our episodes. So starting in April, we will be having a once a month listener guest on our show. And so what that will entail is, you know, if you reach out to us either through email or through any of the social media platforms, you know, we'll work something out where you can, you know, spend the day with us going through these places that we usually go through and then being on the set, taking also your take on the food you got to try. So look forward to that. That'll be starting in April, but start reaching out now because we'll just go down the list of, you know, whoever comes first. So be looking forward to that. So Lars, just just quick general summary of this episode, what you thought, how it went. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went to three different places, got pizza at all three. I was actually pretty surprised by two of them uh, a little flip in expectations versus reality for how it went so kind of excited to go over that a little bit uh, but yeah ate a lot of pizza my body's feeling it a little bit but it, it, was some, it was a fun time yeah and before we dive in Lars for you listeners we are talking about pizza today and pizza is one of those topics that you have to be very careful with because I know how important pizza is to mankind. <laughs> so we just want to be honest with you guys. We know we're going to maybe say stuff that you guys are, you know, strongly, you know, in agreement or in disagreement with, or maybe you feel the same way. But with that being said, we have taken into account people's feelings. We have taken into account, you know, what the popular view is, you know, but we just want to be straight up honest with you guys and be fair with you guys about how it went today. So... Lars, let's start with that first segment. Let's start with the local restaurant. Where did we go for that local place? Yeah, we uh, took a lunch break yesterday to go stop by American Dream in downtown Corvallis and and pick up their lunch special. So that's, uh, I I think it was $6 for, uh, you get a slice of pizza and a salad with one topping on each. And it's 60 60 cents to add another topping, so. Yeah, and then we, uh, we got free cookies just by texting ADP, which I assume means American Dream Pizza, to a number that was on there. Um, four seven four seven four seven. Right, so that was that was convenient. We got to try at least you know something else. But Lars, a lot of people may not know about how this place got started or where it began in ownership. Uh, and I know it's a very popular, iconic place to Corvallis. Can you just you know share a little bit with us? You know what you found, where this place started. Yeah. Um, so they. Uh, They founded, uh, it was Scott McFarlane and Sebastian Malinau. I'll just read their website. Uh, They combined talents in 1985 to create the first American Dream Pizza in Northeast Portland, 
Not sure if that one's still around or not. I haven't heard of it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess inspiration came from Portland's original pizza, Caro Amico, which is part of Scott McFarland's family. His grandpa, Fred Baker, opened that one in 1949. Uh, I guess that that one has gotten pretty big in Portland. I'm from down south, so I, I don't know that area quite so much. But uh, yeah, that one's still around, operated by Scott's mom, Elsie Baker McFarland. And so they, they brought that dream down here, started up the, the campus American dream to start with. And then and that was in 1989. And then 2004, they opened up the downtown one. And I actually found out, uh, just from reading this, I guess the same owners uh, are, are the ones that opened up Sky High Brewing. Oh, wow. Right on. Right on. That That is interesting because kind of almost two different feels. Mm-hmm. So that that's interesting right there. Also, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but there's two locations here in Corvallis. There's that one on Monroe and there's that one on second kind of downtown. So the one we went to was the downtown one. Mm-hmm. Personally, I've never stepped foot into up until that point either one. Oh. So I have no idea what the one on Monroe looks like or if they even operate differently or if the staffing or if it's managed differently. We don't know that. This right. is purely based on the downtown American dream experience. I have heard opinions about oh yeah, they're, they're a little bit different. I like this one better. This one does this little bit differently but Lars give us initial impressions about the place about service about when you walked in about what you felt well um yeah I actually uh looking around there's a certain charm to it the way they have it set up you kind of got that just local I don't want to say rundown whatever the charming version (laughs) of rundown is I don't know how to describe that but uh um they're just very uh established um, kind of that vintage look yeah yeah Yeah. um and there's a certain charm to that um got music playing they have some some art on the walls from looks like they have kids come in and decorate their pizza boxes and they put that up and i've always seen something different whether it's plates pizza boxes whenever i've gone in in the past um so it's really cool to see them doing that for the kids i know when i was a kid whenever i got to see my my art hang up somewhere i was like whoa cool yeah i drew that right yeah. Or like, well, I painted that. <laughs> Even though it was like a stick figure with a completely white background, but yeah. it was there, you know. But it was my stick figure with a completely white background. Exactly. Yeah. Also, like, the dogs on the wall. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I just, that was probably my favorite part of that whole experience, just seeing those dogs on the wall. Yeah. I, I don't know where that idea came from. I wanted to ask, but because of time, and also I called in today, you know, to see if I can get some questions answered, but they were on during their, like, lunch rush. So I didn't want to interfere with that and i understood so hopefully i get some answers about those dogs on the wall because uh that's just an interesting thing i've i've never seen that before yeah yeah that was cool I, there was one dog in particular they had a pizza on the wall and there was like a long skinny dog that almost looked like it was drooling out of the pizza i thought that one was a cool cool little touch it kind of cracked yeah me yeah it just man it i don't know that was that just stood out to me. That's why if somebody asked me, so what do you remember about that place? I'd be like, those dogs on the wall with those <laughs> flying pizzas. Yeah. But speaking of pizza, Lars, let's dig into oh, the moment everybody has been waiting for. Yeah. How the food was there. Now, you and me did both get the lunch special. However, we did have different toppings. I got the jerk chicken 
you shared that you got the pineapple and Canadian bacon, mm-hmm. which for all those out there, in case there's some confusion, it's just ham. No, but it's not. if you want to get very specific no. about it, we'll call it Canadian bacon for the later. sake of it. Um, but Lars, just let's just go with the pizza right now because we did try a salad and we did try the cookies there. Let's just go with the pizza. So thoughts? Well, I do want to say um, – if you guys have been to American Dream before, you've probably noticed they have really unique dough. Uh, that it's it's a different different flavor from what you're used to with pizza. And I guess uh, I was reading on their website. I guess it's a, a third generation family recipe uh, using local flours from the and they're non GMO flours if you care about that. And it's from the Pendleton flour mills. So that's a pretty cool thing throwing in the local flours. Um, honestly, I have never been a big fan of their. Their, their crust, I, that, that yeasty flavor it has to it. I've heard from someone, I don't remember, one of my friends was saying they uh, it tastes like brewer's yeast rather than baking yeast to them. And that makes sense to me because it's kind of reminiscent of beer in, right. in flavor. Uh, I've, I've never been a big fan of that. Um, and honestly, man, I, that that pizza was, was a bit of a disappointment to me. Um, they... They, we got it by the slice. I think the way they do that by the slice, at least that's the way it seemed from from having it, and it would just make sense logistically, is I think they just make a bunch of cheese pizzas, and then they put the toppings on as you order them. Right. And then reheat it. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Kind of going on for a bit here. Yeah. Before I share my thoughts, uh, just a disclaimer for everyone. So with any restaurant Lars and I go to, any dish we order does not determine the rest of the food they have there. Mm-hmm. Does not determine the rest of the dishes they have there. Because we had a certain experience with one dish doesn't mean it's gonna, you know, be the same for the other dishes. So I just want all of you to know that ahead of time. Uh, specifically with this one, Lars, um, it was a little shocking because I've had American Dream before. I've had it, you know, by the box. You know, when you order a whole pizza, mm-hmm. there's a difference there. It's just with when you order a pizza you get a little bit more like of integrated flavor and it's it it feels a little bit more fresh versus when you get that individual slice because that individual slice like you said it just felt like okay we took this older cheese pizza threw some toppings on there reheated it and then not only you know it, as a customer you you know that inconsistency that you see might bug you, but also it, it just doesn't taste great in your mouth. Because, I mean, when I first got it, I was like, okay, I mean, presentation doesn't look bad. I mean, what what did first caught my eye was, you know, the feel of how they placed the toppings because everything was just clumped up. Mm-hmm. Like yours, like I saw all those pineapples just clumped up. Yeah, My chicken was just concentrated in the middle, you know. Nobody wants to work around their slice to get to their toppings. Right. People will just want to bite into that pizza and, enjoy those toppings and then also like i would pick up my pizza and about half of my toppings would start falling off mm-hmm. which shouldn't happen because the the ingredients should be essentially kind of held by the cheese that's melted there and that's what we kind of saw and and i was just shocked uh it's just the inconsistency that i saw there with the pizza i was just kind of like a little bit bummed out because you know i wanted to taste you know that stuff that they do make with freshness, with quality, from the start, from the make line, when they you know, slap that dough to where they go down, put that cheese, put those toppings, pop it in the oven, you know, 
and then go deliver it. It wasn't like that. We were getting something that had too many corners cut. Yeah. And that, that unfortunately, unfortunately for the individual slice at American Dream, you know, it, it's not something I can say I enjoyed. Right. It's not. Um, but I, I don't know if you have any additional thoughts to that. Yeah, just uh, on the subject, you were talking about the clumped up ingredients. It was two pretty, for mine, it was two pretty large discs of Canadian bacon with the pineapple just clumped up on each one. It just looked like its own little plate of pineapple where the Canadian bacon was the plate. Which, uh, you know, I, I do like the, the density of ingredients where that is, but I basically had to eat a bunch of cheese pizza in order to get to the pizza that I ordered, was how I felt. Right. Um, and then when I finally did get to the Canadian, the Canadian bacon, I took that bite and it just tipped it down and all of the pineapple just fell straight into my mouth. So mm-hmm. it was really just two bites with the toppings and everything else was just cheese. Right. Um, and, and yeah, like you said, the cheese should, I think in a pizza, the cheese should melt around the ingredients and hold it in place. You should have it, have your ingredients all over the sides of the pizza and everything, you know, should have that even distribution so that you're, you're having that full full flavor and also like when i held your pizza up the toppings were steaming yeah you don't necessarily want to see that in a pizza because then you know it just got reheated and it wasn't made you know like the typical way it should be made and i don't know if a lot of people know this but i used to be a delivery driver so i can tell you know how a pizza has been cooked or how a pizza has been prepared and i mean it's kind of making a pizza one-on-one that you want to spread those toppings out. You want to, you know, make sure everything tastes as integrated as a whole. Um, but that was that. And I mean, the transitioning over to even their salads right now, because I had the pulled pork, you had the lemon herb chicken. Mm. The ingredients just didn't taste fresh. Yeah. And they probably didn't taste like what we ordered. I don't know if you agreed with that. Yeah. What was it mine tasted like? Uh <laughs> Yeah, that might. I didn't taste lemon, herb, or chicken. If I had to guess, I would have, it, without knowing what it was, I probably would have guessed that it was pork of some kind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there was just so many weird little things. Like I, I, um, I just thought like your pizza. My first taste of it, I thought the first flavor I picked up on was like apple pie. The the yeah. cookie. <laughs> the first fa- flavor I picked on was o- picked up on was oatmeal raisin when it was a chocolate chip cookie. Like so many different things, and the the meat included just didn't quite taste like what they were supposed to be. They just tasted like something completely different, uh, and yeah, it was really off putting to me. Um, I remember your pulled pork on your salad. Um, it was so just cold and like yeah. a little grainy, almost like it. That texture was just off from how cold it was, uh, and. It's just, it just wasn't pleasant to chew, which is, I think, half the point to pulled pork, you know? Right. If I if I could sum up, like, what we even had there, it just felt like we pulled something out of the fridge from leftovers, tossed something on top, and popped in the microwave. Yeah. Or in the case of the salad, found some almost expiring lettuce, and then just found meat in the back of the fridge and just tossed it on. Yeah. Because, I don't know, for hunger's sake... And then the cookies, like, it was a little weird because it was, like, the outsides were the outside was kind of hard and the inside was very moist. And you could barely taste the chocolate. I don't, I don't know. It, unfortunately, with this experience, Lars, it was just off-putting and shocking because I, I didn't expect that from them. I really didn't because I've had American Dream before. 
their their whole pizza, like when you order a whole pizza, it tastes different than the individual slice. Yeah. I, man. My past impressions have been, eh, maybe not the place for me, but I can see that it's at least quality. This time, I, I wasn't even picking up on any quality. That was just a disappointing experience all around. Right. And again, for you listeners, because of this one dish or because of this, you know, this one experience Lars and I, and I have had, doesn't mean that the rest of the food is like that. Doesn't mean that if you order the pizza by the whole or even at the other location that it's gonna be the same. Right. It was just unfortunately this time the individual slice just just wasn't there, man. It, yeah. it just wasn't there. I mean it was it was a cheap deal. It was six fifty for a slice of pizza, salad, uh, I mean the cookie you had a text for. But um it, it seems like a cheap deal and like you had mentioned this before, maybe it's for someone who just kinda wants food during their lunch right away and doesn't really care what it tastes like, just kind of wants something in their system. Mm-hmm. I can see somebody buying that, but if you're looking for quality, if you're looking for something to enjoy, I, I, I can't, I can't see it with this. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Maybe get that, f- the full, full pizza, then you might get it, but right. not, not with that, not with what we had. Yeah. And eh, just unfortunate, but again, guys, just because we had this experience doesn't mean you shouldn't go try it. Um, it doesn't mean that, everything's going to taste like that. It was just this one time. And unfortunately I can't recommend the individual slice. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. But however, later that day we did get to experience something even also surprising, you know? So Lars with our, and this is a new name for our segment, miscellaneous morsel. Mm -hmm. Where did we go? We hit up um, the glorious, glorious place that is 7-Eleven. That's right. 7-Eleven, your neighborhood favorite. Heck yeah. Now, before we dive in, Lars, I want to read just a little bit about where they got started. And I'm actually a little surprised that they've been around this long. So this is straight from their website. Uh, It says, in 1927, they made the world's first... That's where they. That's where they just titled it. But it's when their first Seven Eleven opened up. Um, it says here to make life a little easier on his customers. Uncle Johnny Jefferson Green. That sounds made up, but we'll roll with it. Has the bright <laughs> idea to start selling everyday staples from the dock of a local ice house in Dallas, Texas. Wow. The world's first convenience store is born. Huh. So that's interesting. Oh. I wonder if that's accurate, that 7-Eleven is the first convenience store. I believe it. That's a bold statement. I mean, they haven't been sued or or <laughs> anybody hasn't objectified against it yet. But just kind of fast forwarding to a little later. In 1963, it's titled Driving in Cars. More and more people now own cars, which means the need for convenience stores is on the rise. 7-Eleven opens the 1,000th store and counting in 1963. So this is a chain that's just been around for a while. And, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. They have some pretty convenient and fun stuff. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, when we we were trying to think of a place to go get pizza, they were something that came out because they do have pizza. Yeah. Um, I don't know. what, What was your impression there? Like, just, you know, just go in there. Just, you know, what, what were your expectations? What did you end up realizing, you know, what was actually the case with 7-Eleven? Yeah. I mean, I think with, with 7-Eleven, it, it's kind of an advantage to it that there really weren't high expectations. It's 
at 7-Eleven, you're expecting a rundown convenience store with some mediocre greasy food and and move on. But man, it, I mean, it, it was greasy food. It wasn't the category I was expecting, but it, it surprised. It was good. Um, it, it was solid. But yeah, those expectations set up for the reality being pretty pleasant, actually. Yeah. And here's the the thing that just made my day kind of weird was this pizza, not only because of the way it tasted, but just the overall experience was actually a little bit more pleasant than American Dream, mm-hmm. you know, earlier that day. Because when we walked in, I was like, okay, they're advertising they sell pizza. They have pizza boxes to put it in. So we asked him, was like, hey, can I get a, you know, pizza? Like, yeah, it's over there. Like, kind of where, like, they keep, like, the cold foods that you can, like, kind of pop in an oven or a microwave and reheat. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Okay, I, I guess you have to buy it and cook it at home. And, but he had mentioned something about, like, oh, yeah, it only takes two minutes. I'm like, what? Like, okay, well, I mean, one, this pizza isn't going to fit in my microwave. If that's what he's getting at. <laughs> but when I was checking out, he's like, you want me to cook that for you? I'm like, wait, what? You can do that? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. He's like, I can warm that up for you. And he just, like, takes it over. And I guess the two-minute thing he was talking about was that, that yeah. it takes two minutes for them to cook up put it in a box for you and just give it to you, which is kind of convenient because one, that pizza was super cheap. It was uh, like a standard about a little Caesars large size for seven bucks. Yeah. Which is pretty convenient for a pizza. And I mean, they box it up for you and they give it to you. I, I, I mean, that, that's just fun. And then also when you're there, you can buy other stuff. You can buy other hot food, you can buy drinks, you can buy chips you know, it's not the healthiest, but it's just convenient. It's yeah. just convenient all around. But talking about the actual pizza Lars, what did you think? Yeah, um, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Um, I I was expecting maybe a little below Little Caesars quality, but, you know, I, I did like it better than Little Caesars. I know that is kind of an arbitrary comparison, but, uh, yeah, it was really good. Um uh, like the complaint with American Dream was where the toppings were just kind of perched on top and mm-hmm. fallen off. The ingredients were really well blended in. The, there was plenty of cheese, really well melted. I'd say they had about a 50-50 crust to cheese ratio, yeah. which is about where I like it. It was good. Uh, and, yeah, it was solid flavor. Um, it, it was, I guess, in comparison to other pizzas, if you... If you don't like certain pizzas because they're too salty, you might try out 7-Eleven pizza because yeah. it was actually a little more on the, the fresher side. As far as the sauce was concerned, it was a little sweeter. Um, and it just didn't quite have that overwhelming salty, greasy taste that a lot of pizzas have, you know? Right. And, I mean, for a pizza that takes two minutes to cook, it's seven bucks. And also, man, I don't know what their system is, but it's working, whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because this pizza, I'm not going to call it a classic, but it just tasted like a typical, ordinary, basic pizza. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing, right, if you're just looking for something to eat. Because it's it wasn't, I mean, I can't say, oh, man, this was awful. But I can't say this is the greatest pizza on earth. But it was just a, a solid, you know, well-done, basic pizza. Which I enjoyed. I'm like, man, this is like, you know, unfortunately for that day, you know, better than the pizza we had earlier. And I'm like, 
wow, and eight slices, you know, I mean, the bottom, given the bottom was a little bit burnt, but you couldn't really taste that, you know, because of just like, again, the ratios were done well, everything was done really well to a basic level, to a basic level, it was done well. And I personally, I I think I like that pizza a little bit more than Little Caesars, just based on past experience, because Little Caesars is a, a little salty for me. This wasn't really that salty. You couldn't really taste the high sodium in it, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. I, I, I'm curious to know if they make it fresh every day. I'm curious to know how often they replace their pizza. But it was just a pleasant experience, and also we, we got to watch a movie along with it. Cause, I mean, Redbox is right outside, so we just snagged the movie. Um, but it's just convenient. It's just convenient, especially for college students. I mean, if you have a Seven Eleven nearby, super quick, get a bite. You know, get some snacks along with that. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. And, I mean, we also did try a few little other things there. We had their little, so correct me on the names here, but we had taquitos. Mm-hmm. And then we had... Mini tacos. Mini tacos. Okay, I yeah. wanted to call those taquitos, too. <laughs> but I'm sure you got to try some of those. Yeah. I mean, we, I know you and me have had them before, but your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I, I get the t- taquitos maybe a little off, more often than I'd like to admit, but they're a really good deal. It's 5 for $4, um, and they're solid size. They've got four different flavors, so you get to kind of experience that. You're the one who had them this time. I didn't get to try any. Um, but the mini tacos, I hadn't noticed those before, but it's a surprising deal. It was 10 for $2, so that's, what, 20 cents a taco? 20 cents a taco, yep. Yeah. And, you know, there's not much to them. They're quite quite many. They're not lying about the name. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they've just got this, this uh, I couldn't tell if it was bean or meat. Couldn't quite tell what the paste was. But this this nice, good-tasting paste in there that had that just that typical, uh, just slightly better than microwave food flavor. So, you know, you're getting cheap food. But as far as cheap food is concerned, it was good. It had a really nice crunch on the, the tortilla. Uh, it was kind of crunchy around the edges, but a little softer uh, toward the middle where all the the meat was settling. Um, and yeah, it surprised me. They were really good. Yeah, and it's just uh, I'm just surprised how how well Seven Eleven does with you know keeping their food to a level where it's like taste wise enjoyable and their price point you know pretty low. This is like an ideal place. If you're a college student, you really don't have much to spend, you know, that that's a good go-to. Mm-hmm. However, I'm not going to say that it's the best for your health. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> everything in there is, yeah, not the best for you uh, health-wise. But, I mean, you know, I don't really go there super often. Um, but, it, I mean, if you're someone that is like, man, I really don't want to go to the store right now. You know, there's a 7-Eleven nearby. That's what it's there for. It's just like it's meant, like it's advertised convenient, cheap. You know, I'm not gonna advert. I'm not gonna tell you guys to be going there on a daily basis or to be doing most of your shopping there. But I will say that, you know, for a pizza, and if you're just looking, you know, to have a quick bite, you know, you just want to watch a movie, catch something really quick, you know, do a small hangout. You know, that might be somewhere you'll go. Yeah. So. Again, this is another surprise to our day. 
And it was a two-day process. It was yesterday and today. But good good experience, man. That just that ended my night on a solid note. Yeah. Yeah. But moving forward, now this place. Oh man. I I was surprised again. Now Lars we're gonna head over to our franchise yeah. segment. And yeah, we had it for lunch today. It was uh, Round Table Pizza. It's up on 9th Street, kind of by Oregon State Credit Union, just, just north of the Dutch Bros up there. Um, and yeah, it was where the Ruby Tuesday used to be. I was sad when they closed down. That was one of my favorite restaurants in Corvallis as far as high end goes. But uh, yeah, I think it was a good replacement. I was happy to go in and check out their food. Yeah. And I mean, I just, the. The whole experience was just, like, so new to me. Do you want to share, like, your experience of what you thought when you walked in? I don't know if you've ever been to a round table before. Uh, yeah, I've been to the one down in Roseburg a good good number of times. Um, so I had a decent idea of what to expect with what the food would be, but mm-hmm. never been in that location before. They actually, from what it used to look like when it was Ruby Tuesdays, they really took down a lot of walls and opened it up really quite a bit. So that was the first thing I noticed walking in. Uh, was just how open the floor plan was. Um, uh, it was interesting. The bar was like right there, right in your face, right when you walk in the, the little sports bar section. They had like they had to really make it obvious that no miners allowed in this area. I, I think they might struggle with that a bit because the bar is a little bit of the forefront of it. I yeah. started to wonder like, wait, is this bar only? It's Where's a big the, part of the the restaurant, restaurant section? Yeah. Um, and. Uh, but yeah, you just look around and it's open, it's inviting. We were comfortable to just keep walking right on in and go figure out what to do. It didn't feel, we didn't feel lost at all or, or confused. It was just a walk in and get ready to enjoy. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was weird to me because, so this round table is advertised as a round table clubhouse. And then there's other round tables that aren't advertised like that. I think what oh, that okay. just means is alcohol or having a bar. Maybe. I, I, I believe that's what it's advertised. But when I walked in, it was just kind of like if you would have took Buffalo Wild Wings, if you would have took Chuck E. Cheese. And for those of you who don't know what Chuck E. Cheese is, it's basically like a pizza slash arcade kind of place to host parties and events for kids mm-hmm. and then also taking abby's and smashing that all together and you kind of get the place we went to today yeah um i do want to read and share a little bit about where they started mm-hmm. before we dive into their food so this is again this is straight off their website and with all these you know these readings i'm doing we will share the link on our facebook page in case you guys want to read more about it in case you guys are interested We'll be sharing those on our Facebook page. But off of their website, it says, Pizza was a relatively new concept in nineteen in the 1950s America, but Roundtable Pizza founder Bill Larson was what you might call an early adopter. He was quick to see the potential and already saw ways it could be made better. So in 1959, he opened up the first Roundtable in Menlo Park, California, in the San Francisco Bay Area. From the beginning, Roundtable was a place with an emphasis on quality, a place where the whole family enjoyed coming, a place where kids 
could have fun while mom and dad kicked back with a beer and waited for their pizza to bake. Today, we are the premier West Coast pizza franchise with over 450 restaurants open and under development in California, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Alaska, and Hawaii. Wow. And just to emphasize the a place with the emphasis on quality. Yeah. Now, we, we I was looking at this before we even got our food. And so, what do you think on that? That statement what they're advertising there? Based on what we had today, do you think that was the case? I would say so. Yeah. Um it's funny. I was talking about the expectations of 7-Eleven being low. Roundtable is the opposite. You're going in. It looks like a high-quality place, and you, the prices are pretty high. They're up there. They are. So I went in expecting good, and I think that's what I got. There, that was really – I thought it was really high-quality food. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to t- hit uh, t- touch on there was um, that family experience. I really think they still capture that original motivation what you were talking about with the blend of the different restaurants, the Chuck E. Cheese, Abbey's, and Buffalo Wild Wings. You do still have that bar area where you can grab a beer if that's your thing. Yeah. Uh, and it looked like a pretty solid arcade. I think I would have lit right up if I was a kid and been trying to go get quarters for my mom to run in there. Uh, had a lot of good games, a whole dedicated arcade area. It, just, it wasn't just two or three machines. Um, so I, And then they had a little banquet room in the back where they were having a birthday party while we were in there. So... Still capturing that, but yeah, that quality. Um, yeah, you could tell they use they put a lot of care in the type of ingredients they're using and and how they're preparing it. And yeah, uh, what 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 were your thoughts on that? Um, so the pizza we ordered, the name of it was King Arthur's Supreme. Now. From a visual perspective, it kind of looked like an extravaganza or just a supreme pizza. Mm-hmm. You know, so veggies, different types of meats. Um, so I agree with you. My expectations were high because when we ordered, not the cheapest place in the world. Because um, yeah, we ordered, an, also we ordered like an individual one, mm-hmm. which is the smallest one there. About six slices. So I was expecting, all right, if I'm paying this much for, you know, the smallest pizza here. Yeah, it was what fifteen dollars. About fifteen bucks. Yeah, I expect this stuff, you know, to for at least the freshness to stand out and at least to show that you know they actually do what they're advertising, and that would kind of back up why they charge those prices. So visually, it came out. You know, there was a young girl there that brought it to us. We also ordered wings along with that, some barbecue wings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, okay, visually, like. This thing is stacked, man. This thing is like, you know, has it's full of ingredients. They're well spread out, you know, couldn't six. There was like a little piece of like sausage just hanging from the side. So I kind of just picked that and popped it in my mouth. Almost instantaneously, I was like, wow, this is some good sausage. <laughs> and so I was like, we're on a good pace here. And when I took that first slice, took that first bite, man, you could tell it's fresh. Because the one that stood out to me the most was the green pepper. A green pepper, you can just like, it kind of just almost tasted like biting into a green pepper mm-hmm. of just how fresh the ingredients were. And then the meat quality was up there. And you can tell the cheese also was high quality because because when you bite into it and the cheese like easily comes off, you can tell it's not like super processed. It's not yeah. like, 
you know, super low quality cheese that kind of just sticks to the pizza like a little Caesars where it just, just <laughs> chills there. You know, this was stuff that could, you know, could easily just break off and, yeah. you know, be... Makes you picture those commercials where they're picking up the slice and half the cheese is sticking with the pizza while the slice is coming off. You right. Know? Right. So you could definitely tell that it was, you know, on the fresher side, fresher quality. So I was, I was impressed. And then the blend, because there was nothing really overpowering about that pizza. Everything seemed like to have its place and its balance in the slice. So I was like, wow, this is, this is good. This is good. And even though, you know, we had an individual one and we, and we all both had just like 30 slices a piece, I was full. I was satisfied. I, I definitely felt like the satiety was there because of how nutrient dense that pizza was versus just your cheap generic pizza. Mm -hmm. So I could definitely like, I could definitely back up that price point and say, Hey, that makes sense because what you're tasting and the quality that you're getting with this stuff, it's there. Yeah. I don't know how you felt about that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one thing with the, the composition of it that I really was impressed by was, um, the crust was pretty thin, uh, really thin crust, which I personally like. I don't like thicker crusts where it's just bread with some toppings on it. Right. But not only was it thin, but it had a really nice crunch and was able to just kind of blend in as one of the good flavors with the pizza. Um, it, it wasn't a bunch of crust with, with flavors on top of it, it, but at the same time, it was still present and still contributing to the blend. Um, and yeah... The, those peppers were fantastic. And the olives, man, I, I know you said you don't normally like olives on pizza. I love I olives <laughs> on pizza. Um, but those olives were just an excellent contributor to that. I, those were probably my favorite part. Um, just the way they, they just had the right number on, on there. It wasn't too much. They were, but they were there, still there and every bite still contributing to it. Um, really powerful flavor so it's hard to get them right and i that's probably why you don't like them is because they're so powerful and they probably can tend to overwhelm yeah yeah but these ones there was enough of the i think there was what mushrooms sausage onions onions and then there was like a mix of like pepperoni ham sausage yeah for the meats and then uh i think the cheese was a three cheese blend okay so you had a lot of good flavors going on there it was it was really good um also with like that even translated over well with their wings. Wow, their wings. It, to me, when I first ate it, I'm like, this is what a classic barbecue wing should taste like. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you bit into it, the meat was just so tender. You didn't even have to really wrestle with it because there's some wings you're like, you know, like kind of like a dog. And I mean, the ranch too was like enough creamy, but not super thick to where, man, it, you were just like, wow, this is what normal, ordinary, classic pizza and wings should taste like. Yeah. You know, and, and and I'm definitely okay with, you know, paying that price for that food. However, I will say, I think the challenge that they will probably face is because they are in a college town and because they're on the higher side of pricing, they're not going to get a lot of, you know college student clientele because the yeah. students just don't have that money i think this place is more suitable for families families that are throwing events you know maybe your kiddo's having a birthday party you know that makes more sense or you're getting you know friends together or other you know family friends you know from an 
older demographic together. That makes more sense. I can see that happening, but I think I think Roundtable has good stuff. I just think they're gonna have a challenge here in Corvallis, especially keeping afloat and you know getting you know a a huge market that's here, which is college students. You know to be coming there because the prices on the higher end, but they are giving you quality food. Yeah. Yeah, we were actually talking to the waitress a bit, and she was saying it's a really rough market, especially with Uber Eats coming out where uh, pretty much every everywhere delivers, where it used to just be pizza that delivers. Pretty much anywhere you want to get food, you can have it delivered if that's your thing. Um, so, yeah, I agree. With that delivery demand uh, or that delivery supply going up and being such a an ex- expensive place, I, I really do th- – I hope they do well, um, but I could see them struggling there for sure. Yeah, and it's and college students, you can you can take my advice on this or not, but families out there, um, I would recommend going here. Give it a try. See what your family thinks. Um, it's a good place, and I also think it's suitable for you know for any age. Mm-hmm. But college students, if you want to give it a try. I'd recommend the two. However, I understand if, you know, the money in your pocket isn't quite there to be, you know, paying that much for pizza. I totally get that. But it's definitely a, you know, underrated, you know, not really well-known place in Corvallis that when you tell people, oh, yeah, I went to Round Table, and they'll be like, wait, what? What's that? Yeah. You know? So I didn't actually know where it was, and I was driving. Like, okay, where is it? <laughs> right. Not a lot of people know about it. So give it a try. It's one of those places that you'll be like, oh, neat little spot, you know? And and, it, and it's a little bit different. And also, they're pretty recent because Ruby Tuesdays, I mean, I'm pretty sure this whole process of Ruby Tuesdays being gone and Roundtable coming in has happened over the last year at it's most. about 2016. Yeah, year, year and a half. So... Give it a try. But with that, I mean, it was awesome having this pizza episode, Lars. I want to give a shout-out to Omero Anguiano for suggesting these pizza places. Um, specifically, you know, he's, he recommended one of these, but he was kind of the inspiration behind doing a pizza episode. He didn't exactly say do a pizza episode, but he did say I'd be interested in joining you guys for when you guys do do pizza so the kind of the inspiration came from that um, to do a pizza episode. So shout out to him for that. Also, if you guys ever want to join us on our quest, on our food quest, make sure to email us. You know, email us at beerbitescorvallis at gmail.com. Or just hit us up on either of our social media pages or our platforms. So at Facebook, just beerbites. Twitter, it's at beefbites. So B E A V. B-I-T-E-S. And then also on Snapchat, you can add us, which is just Beaver Bites. But Lars, do you have anything to add towards the end of this episode before we wrap it up? I actually have a question, and I didn't discuss this with you, so I hope it hope hope it's okay. But uh, okay. I we we had a question from my, my friend Grant on Facebook about uh, he suggested this place in Philomath. Um, I'm not sure Philomath isn't Corvallis, we're a, a local podcast. So I'm wondering what you think and what are what you listeners think about the, whether whether we should include Philomath in that. So send us your feedback on that. Send us your thoughts there, and Miguel and I will discuss over the next couple of weeks, and we'll see where we're at on that and what we think there. 
Um, and another thing, what was our email address? I don't think we've said that yet. Was it it was beaverbitescorvallis at gmail.com. Right. And we only mentioned it once. Okay. So, um, but yeah, with that, you know, just so you listeners know, we try to follow your feedback. So most of these places that we have gone to has been feedback from you guys, has been recommendations from you guys. So keep that coming because we'd love to try these places that you guys, you know, really appreciate or you guys just really enjoy going there or you guys feel like, you know, not a lot of people know about this or it's just a new place in town. So email us those ideas, email us those suggestions. You can even do it also through any of our social media platforms. I will say that, you know, it's not that we're we're not open to going to other cities. Um, but I guess when we first started our, you know, kind of our focus was the Corvallis area, you know. But for now, I can only say that we're not close to the idea of going to other places. You know, we want to expand. We want to do a little bit more down the road. Um, but also give us your opinion on that. Give us, Let us know if you think that would be a good idea, if we should just stay local. You know, we want to listen to you guys. We want to know what you guys have to say. So yeah. make sure to do that. And again, our email is beaverbitescorvallis at gmail.com. Cool. Yeah, and the main reason I ask that is I don't want to offend any of you Philomath natives out there, but in my mind, I kind of equate the two. I, I know there is that, that distance between them, but they're, right. they're close enough that I kind of start to forget that they're not the same city. So so that's why I kind of justify that. Like if we were in Eugene, not including Springfield, would feel a little odd. So I'm just not sure where Philomath lies on that. Yeah, for sure. And again... We respond to what you guys have to say because you guys are our listeners. And we want to know how we can improve. We want to know you know, what things we can adjust and make your guys' listening experience better. So that's always appreciated. So once again, guys, this is another episode of Beaver Bites. Check us out. We come out every Sunday, every other week. So sometimes I get asked if we have an episode you know, this upcoming weekend. I tell them, no, it's till next weekend. So make sure to keep that in mind. And as always, make sure to share us with your family and friends. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and add us on Snapchat. I'm Miguel Morales. And with Lars Gunderson, as always, a pleasure to be with you guys. Go Beavs. Go Beavs.